So when we help these business leaders think about the future, it's asking them what they want to achieve in the next, you name the number of years, five years, 10 years. How do they think they're going to get there? What could stand in their way? What challenges exist today that aren't going to enable them to achieve those goals that they've got in the future? When your prospects debate making a change, they will consider the potential risks in that decision. Whether they're willing to share those risks with you will hinder on your ability to build trust with them. If you create a conversation environment that's centered around trust, you have a much better chance of helping them work through the risk and get to an objective decision. Listen in as Dan and I discuss the relationship between trust and risk. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. What would you like to talk about today, Dan? I'd like to talk about the relationship between trust and risk. Sounds like a big topic for today. Yes, and by no means am I saying we are the ultimate experts on it, but I think we have a very unique perspective that our listeners can actually take some ideas from and actually go implement so they can build more trust. But let's get back to the relationship we started with, right, between trust and risk. So what exactly is that relationship, Dan, do you think? Well, Kylie, you know, we coach different clients, right? And in different industries. And some of our clients are in the financial advisement industry, right? So they have to build a ton of trust. And then some of our clients are in more of a management consulting industry vertical where they also with upper executives at large companies and C-suites, they have to build trust. And then some of our clients are more in this kind of constant change realm where they're having to work with their prospects and help their prospects embrace change if they're going to win the business. So there's a lot of change that goes on or debate of change. Tell us what you mean by debate of change. For our clients to get hired, the prospect has to embrace one of two types of changes. The first type is they have to fire whoever else they're using, and that's change. The second type is they have to embrace doing something they've never done before. Either way, from the prospect standpoint, our client's prospect standpoint, it's change. And anytime we as human beings, right, debate this thought process of change, We debate risk. Human nature, right? We've talked about this in other episodes, Kylie, right? All of our prospects out there, human nature is, right, we focus on the negative. 40, 50,000 thoughts a day, 85, 90% of those thoughts are negative. 85% of those 90% of the negative thoughts are reoccurring patterns. We always tend to look to the negative of the what if, like what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? There's an instinctual thing we do there to protect ourselves, to maintain control. That's why we always hear the terms, oh, they rationalized this or they justified that. You know, that's why we always hear those stories, right? Where 
somebody might have been unfortunately in an abusive relationship. And I hate using this as an example, and I'm very sensitive to using this as an example. But, you know, we've heard these stories about people in abusive relationships. And then we sit back and we hear how the story played out. And we all say to ourselves, why did they stay? Why didn't they just leave? It's, again, human nature, right? We feel safe and we feel comfort in what we know, even if what we know isn't good for us. And we feel discomfort and we feel uncertainty and we don't like the variability of moving towards something that we don't know, which is change. Our prospects are the same exact way. Even when something completely makes sense to them, they don't always do it, do they? Actually, our prospects will spend more time talking themselves out of doing something that's different versus doing something that's different. And that goes back to that old saying, Kyle, we always talk about human nature, overestimate what we currently have and do and who we do it with and underestimate what we could gain by doing something different. So let's get back to this idea of risk and the relationship versus trust. Dan, I want to go back to something you said earlier. And I, I think the one thing that we all have to maybe have some empathy towards is the sunk cost fallacy that our brains tell us because we've invested time, we've invested energy resources in what we already have in place. And sometimes you think in your head, well, I've, I've been doing it this way for so long. I've invested so much in the current way of doing things. It's going to be too hard to do something different. If you've got a current process, you double down on your current process versus coming up with a new process because you've invested time and resources into what you have in place today. As part of our coaching, we always talk about that prospect's innate tendency to be attached to whatever that prospect has done in the past, whatever they've created, and whatever the effort is, blood, sweat, and tears that they put into something, right? So it's easy to show up and take a look at a business, a program, a strategy, a platform, or a process, and look at that and say, okay, you guys could do that 10 times better. Or, you know, that's how people used to do it seven, eight, 10 years ago, but here's how we do it now with our clients. Or that was a great platform 10 years ago, but here's the new, you know, generation five platform. The problem is the prospects typically attach to whatever it is they've already created and they feel pride toward it because it's theirs. They have the history with it and they feel, again, here's that word, pride toward the effort and the outcomes that they both invested and created with whatever that solution was. So let's get to the crux of this episode. A lot of sales professionals, they get a meeting and they sit down and have these first conversations with prospects and they confuse or they misjudge the trust that's been created. So you get the meeting, you have a good conversation, and then you walk away thinking, okay, you've established trust. The challenge is that's just one level of trust. It more than likely has no congruency or, or it has no connection to the level of trust that's needed. And here's the key point for that prospect to make a change. Because remember, for the prospect to make a change, they got to either fire somebody or they have to embrace the uncertainty of doing something different that they've never done before. And that's change. And so once again, the sales professional got the meeting, had a good chat, got a second meeting out of it, must be some trust. 
immediately thinks, okay, that's the trust that's needed. And it's nowhere near the trust that's needed. And so that gets us to this point of risk. From the prospect standpoint, right, there's risk. There's risk in firing somebody and choosing somebody different. There's risk in embracing uncertainty, whether perceived or real in that uncertainty, there is risk in it. And so here's how the relationship works. The higher the perceived risk that your prospects have regarding change, the more trust that's needed. The lower the perceived risk regarding how that prospect views change, the lower the trust that's needed. So it really comes down to, can you assess how your prospect views risk? So on a scale of one to 10, for our listeners, go through your pipeline, be as objective as you can, and just rate on a scale of one to 10, if you were your prospect or from what you understand and what you've heard from your prospect, how do they perceive the risk of changing to you? 10 being really, really high risk, one being no risk at all. And then go through and just label and identify what that risk number is. Let's pretend it's a seven. Someone out there says this prospect would view this probably as a seven on the risk scale. Well, what that means is you need to elevate the trust to a seven. Reality is you may have got the meeting, you may even got a referral, and maybe you even started the conversation at a trust factor of three. You had a great meeting, but now you're only at a trust factor of four or five, there's still a gap between the prospect's perception of risk and where you are on the trust factor. So Dan, we're in these conversations and let's say that risk gap does exist. How do we build trust with our prospects? There are several ways to build trust and deliberately do so. So I'm going to give the audience the first way. That's mindset. And for those who follow our podcast, you know this one well. Instead of going into the call with the prospect, because remember, the prospect views risk as a seven, and maybe you're at a four or five on the trust factor. And there needs to be congruency there at minimum if you're going to earn the business, if that prospect's going to debate change and accept change. So the first thing you do is you have to move from that low intent mindset, which is, I hope they like me. I want to get a second meeting. I want to show them our value. I want to give them a great demo. I got a great solution for them. I need to bring the solution team in and let the solution team show this prospect how good we are and how much better we are than what they're currently doing. That's a low intent mindset. What happens is then you go into the meeting with the prospect and the prospect can tell you're pushing your agenda and you're trying to get what you want out of the conversation. What does that do to trust? It probably takes it from a four or five down to probably a three or a two. Now you got a bigger gap. Now you're at a three or a two and that prospect's at a seven. You switch your mindset to high intent. High intent is you got to go into these conversations and your head has to be in the space of how and if I can help them and are they even ready? And let's go a little further than that. I need to go in here and I need to put myself in the prospect's shoes I need to ask questions that helps this prospect debate the pros and the cons of making a change. And if it's cons, I need to embrace it. I need to turn into them. I need to ask more questions. If it's pros, I need to ask questions too. Because at the end of the day, the prospect's going to leave that meeting and they're going to debate pros and cons on their own. 
So why not just have the prospect do it while you're sitting in the room across from them? So first step, you got to go from the low intent, how do I get this prospect where I want them, to high intent, which is how do I help this prospect determine if change matters and why? What's their best options? So that's the first shift. The second one is powerful and easy. It's just listen. Listening is a major factor in how we as human beings build trust. When we feel like we've been listened to and we've been allowed to share our perspective and we didn't have to worry about being politically correct, we were allowed to express how we felt, maybe even show a little vulnerability. When we feel like we've been allowed to do that because someone's been listening to us intently, that's a key factor in how human beings build trust. So again, if you're thinking you're maybe at a four or five and the prospect's at a seven in risk and you're a four or five on trust, go in with the high intent mindset and focus on listening by asking really helpful, meaningful questions that are aimed toward assisting that prospect assess should they do something different or not. I think, Dan, just to go back to your first point, the listening is how we demonstrate that we are high intent, that we do care about them, that we're not there for us. Because the more we talk, the more it demonstrates that we're there for our own agenda. Well said. So I think those two go very closely hand in hand. So like listening, right? Everybody in the audience right now thinks, yeah, Dan, I listen, I listen. No, you have to think about the listening, just like Kylie said. Are you listening to make the sale? and to advance your agenda, because that's not the type of listening that builds trust. Or are you listening because you truly have that prospect's best interest at heart and you want to help them make the best decision possible for themselves? That's a different type of listening. And in order to do that, again, you've really got to understand certain types of questions that you're going to need to ask. And so this would be the next phase in building trust. When I think about asking questions, I put on my investigator hat because I know that when I'm talking to business leaders, there is a whole history that has led up to the current moment in time where we're evaluating making a change. I've got to better understand all of the actions and the behaviors and the processes that have led to today. And In addition to that, I need to better understand where they want to go. What are they trying to achieve in the future? And how does their current strategy align with that future vision? How is it misaligned? What's missing? What kind of change could be impactful to helping them get to where they want to go faster? And until I do all of that learning, I can't possibly offer a solution that makes sense. Because in the back of their mind, they're going to be thinking, oh, well, we've tried something like that before in the past. It didn't work. Or I don't think that's going to work because of A, B, and C reasons. They're going to have all of these objections in their heads. They're not going to be open to receiving that information until I've done my job and thoroughly understood what's led to today. And then what challenges do they face as they continue to think about the future? So what kind of questions could you ask to help that prospect who's at a seven, in other words, they view risk as a seven, 
but the trust that's been established is probably still at a four or five and you need to close that gap. What are some of those questions that would build trust, right? Because questions, if done correctly, can build trust. I think the one thing that we all are guilty of is living life and not reflecting on it. And so the first thing I I would do is ask them to reflect on some of the key events or decisions that have led to today. Because very rarely do we look back in arrears and say, okay, over the last five years, here's what has gotten us to where we are today. Having them reflect on some of their achievements in the past, some of the challenges that they've had to overcome, that's going to be a helpful exercise for them and also for me to better understand how they're thinking about business problems, better understand how they make decisions, better understand what they value, and from there, help them come up with the future vision because a lot of times the questions that we ask that have to do with the future and their goals, they've never been asked these questions before. So when we help these business leaders think about the future, it's asking them what they want to achieve in the next, you name the number of years, five years, 10 years. How do they think they're going to get there? What could stand in their way? What challenges exist today that aren't going to enable them to achieve those goals that they've got in the future? If they stay status quo, where they're at today, with the current resources that they've got in place, Will they achieve that goal? And really helping them think through what decisions they may face in the future. So Dan, in talking about impact and risk, how would you help a business leader think through that? The first thing is, Kylie, we've already talked about mindset. Both of us have where you got to go from low intent, which is how do I get this sale to high intent, which is how do I help them decide if this is worth their time and effort? That's the first shift you got to do to build trust. The second one is just listen, but don't listen to make the sale. Listen to determine how and if you can truly help and listen to determine what questions can you help this prospect think through that puts them in a position where they can say, I think change has merit or I think maybe the timing of change is off and I'm going to hold off. The next part, as, as you were articulating, was certain types of questions. And that's where we are right now. And I think that the two easiest questions any of our listeners can ask is simply, hey, it's two years down the road. You've made this change. You've made this investment. What is it that you want to see or experience that tells you that you got this investment right, that this was the right change to make? So that's number one. And they're going to think about that future narrative and they're going to articulate it now. But you also have to ask them the flip side. Now, let's pretend it's two years down the road and you decide to do nothing different, which is a viable option. Potentially, you've decided to do nothing different. What do you expect to see or experience? What do you think's at risk? Just those two simple questions and some just good high intent listening. You're going to start closing that gap between where you are at a four or five on trust and where they are seven on risk, because you're asking them questions that they know they have to think about anyways, and you're helping them through that process. 
I think of the conversation as being the value that I bring to the prospect, helping them think through things that no one has asked them before in itself is a helpful exercise. So I got to ask you a question on that. I agree with you 100%. Can you think of an experience that you've had that light bulb went off, Kylie, where you're like, huh, man, the conversation I just had with that prospect, you could tell for them that was immense value. I actually met with a COI recently. He's a business consultant. He's got two clients that are looking for some help with their sales team. So he wanted to meet with me. Well, we started talking and as it turns out, his sales process was something that he was interested in asking me about. And so we started talking. I asked him some questions. Based on my questions, he started getting some ideas that helped him come up with new innovative strategies to get in front of the people he's trying to get in front of. It wasn't even the intent of the conversation, but I was asking him questions because I could see that this was something he was thinking through. And I asked him the questions that allowed him the creative energy to just pause, slow down and think about what he's doing from a business development standpoint. And as a byproduct, we may have conversations with some of his clients. We may not. It's okay. But at least in that conversation, he got some productive ideas for his own business. And you felt probably a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah, I did. And at the end of the day, I left that meeting knowing that he was going to implement some of the ideas we had talked about. And I take no credit for the ideas themselves. They're his ideas. But I asked the questions that allowed him to just create the space to think of those ideas. Dan, what do you want our listeners to take away from today's conversation? I would love our listeners to start looking at their pipeline and thinking through the relationship between risk that the prospect might have or perceive regarding change to them, and then the level of trust they feel like they have, at least up to that point, developed with their prospect. It's an interesting relationship, and it needs to be at minimum congruent if you're going to win the business. And then I'd like our listeners to take away that the first step in closing the gap between the prospect's perception of risk and where you are in trust is number one, your mindset. You got to go from the low intent to the high intent. How do I get the sale to how do I help this prospect make the best decision for themselves possible? The next step is just pure listening. But instead of listening to advance the sale or listening to advance your agenda, you listen to truly figure out what questions do you need to ask that helps the prospect, like you did in your example, Kylie. And then the last thing is questions. And we gave the example, right? Have that prospect think forward a year or two about what happens if they do make a change and have them think forward a year or two or whatever the right time frame is if they don't make a change. But I'm going to add one thing. You also have to be empathetic. Empathy does build trust too. So when you're asking your questions, you have to ask them in an empathetic fashion. You know, when you are communicating that prospect, be empathetic to their perception or their situation where they are currently. So I want to make sure for our listeners, we add the importance of empathy. Lastly, I'll say this, Kylie, and I give you credit for this one. By asking those last two questions, you're helping that prospect get clarity on impact. And as trust has a relationship with risk, the prospect's clarity on impact 
has a relationship with risk. The clearer the prospect is on that future narrative, that impact, the more likely they are to take the risk. The less clarity that your prospect has regarding future narrative impact, the less likely they are to take the risk. At the end of the day, the pros have to outweigh the cons. There has to be some sort of motivating reason for them to make a change. Otherwise, status quo is the easier path, path of least resistance, and they're going to take it. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode? <laughs>